Hey y'all, I'm Tara Royer-Steele, and welcome to the Jesus Pie and Coffee podcast, the place where we have real conversations over pie and coffee. Today on the podcast, we talk, um, we, I talk with my friend Rebecca Grievon. We met, oh goodness, only in December at an event, and she was a speaker, and we sat across from each other, and I was like... I think I needed to get to know that girl. And I loved what she shared about. She is, um, she's in the physical therapy business and she wears stilettos, but on the side, her part-time gig in, it's really her full-time gig and gonna be, is um, sharing about Jesus and sitting and creating safe places for girls and women. And you guys are going to love our conversation. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or your favorite drink, pull up a chair and enjoy. Okay, guys, this is my friend, Rebecca. And man, we've only sat across from each other one time and we only started texting about a week ago (laughs) but when we met I was like oh we're supposed to be really good friends I know it oh yeah (laughs) so um anyways tell me just tell me about your family for a second and then kind of tell me what your day or your week could look like Oh, gosh. Okay. So my family, I um, have been married to my college sweetheart, Greg, for 19 years. And we have three kids. Uh, Our oldest son, Luke, is 17. And our middle son, Drew, is 13. And our baby girl, Emery, is 10. Mm -hmm. So I am going on year three of being in high school, middle school, and elementary school all at the same time. Um, which is not even close to being fun at all. So (laughs) I'm actually super glad that next year, both boys will be at the high school together and Emery will be a fifth grader. And so I will actually be out of middle school for a year and then back in. So I'm doing like a decade at the middle school, which is no one should have to spend 10 years in middle school, but no, what is middle school there? Like what are the breakdowns? Like what grades? Cause it's very odd. It's crazy to me how every area is different. I know because some places do like intermediate and yeah and different. So middle school here is sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Okay. So our middle school is fifth and sixth. Oh, wow. Then you go to junior high for seven, eight. Then you go to high school. Then you go to high school for nine, 10, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Inter- I kind of like that actually, because I will tell you the difference between sixth graders and eighth graders. Mm-hmm. especially the boys because the boys hit that like huge growth spurt my son this year has like just shot up like he's unrecognizable and then I think of all like the teeny tiny little sixth graders walking around right both my boys are really tall so like my oldest was already like six feet tall in middle school well you're real tall and then you wear stilettos and I do I do like a good stiletto you do you're you're that girl I'm like she can wear my stilettos. I love them. Sparkly ones, satin ones, whatever. I love them. Yes. And so they're both really big boys. So it's interesting because um, you walk in there. And then my daughter is super petite. So that's going to be funny to like go in and she's going to be like the shrimpy sixth grader when she gets there. But she thinks she's six foot four. So it's okay. We'll let her think that. <laughs> we'll let her keep thinking that. So Not a yes, shrimpy so sixth grader. <laughs> She will be, so all, but her attitude's not trippy. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. And so, yeah, so we, um, right now, we're in the middle of basketball and soccer seasons. So we are a really outdoorsy, pretty sports-related family. So we're generally in one or two sports at a time with 
two or more children. Um, and then my middle son is a drummer and a percussionist. And so he's in the middle of like competition season for percussion and drums and, and all that kind of stuff. So we're kind of crazy. So um, like drums to me is the cool thing in the band. It is. They're the cool kids in the band. Okay, yes. cool. Cause yeah. I keep thinking Bent, you know, Bentley is my nine year old who's this is the first year we will not be in little league. And I oh. just kept on asking, are you sure you don't want to do it? And he's like, mom, I don't want to do it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, do I sign him up anyways? And Rick's like, no. And I was like, that's fine. <laughs> I just was making sure that it's all good, you know? And, uh, Absolutely. and, uh, so he's not doing that. And of course I think he would love drums, but I don't feel like buying them we had three sets for Brayden and I was like I just don't know but I just went like well if he goes in the band I'm like dude drums are cool it is and you know in the band percussion is so much more than drums Drew plays like six instruments wow because they play all the different like percussive like the that you hit with a stick and then and I think he, the that's life. why he would like it because you hit things yeah. you yeah. do you, you can get your aggression out absolutely go absolutely. beat the drums yeah and then they play like the marimba and the xylophone and all that. So he like reads music beautifully and can actually like play a keyboard because he reads it all mm. on a drum. So it's really incredible. I've learned a lot. <laughs> Band the whole thing. So next year will be very interesting because my older son's a football player and a basketball player. And so both boys will be on the field because I'll have a senior who's playing football and then my freshman will be on the drum line. So Friday Night Lights is going to be all kinds of fun for yeah. us. Yeah. I it is football fun. in it Texas. Is I'm kind of a, a crazy football mom, though. It's I have been told I'm either terrifying or amusing to sit by in the stands, depending on your sense of humor. I could totally see that about you. Yeah, oh. well, because you're watching your kid play a sport yes. where people voluntarily hit them repeatedly. <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's so, it's very scary. It's like. Yeah, no, I'm a mess. I'm a disaster on Fridays during football season. And I'm, like, super crazy during basketball, too, but it's just less intense because people aren't pounding on each other and, like, trying to break bones. Brayden did football for from when he was about, I guess, I mean, he's only 11, 10. I don't want to make, be 11 yet, but um, he only did it for, I guess he was, like, five until he was nine. So he did it, like, for four years. Yeah. And he just was like, Mom, I just, I, I need a break. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I do not like, he hates the tackle part of things. Yes. He just could not handle it. And then, and he was the kid though, that the coach was like, you go take him out because you're that guy. You can do it. You know, he just is so visual and can see, he's the kid that can see the whole picture. And, That's awesome. and so then, um, but he just, he just could never do it. And so he quit football. Well, flag football came to Brenham and uh, uh, nice. now he is so happy doing flag football. That's awesome. So we'll see, but he loves flag football. Yeah. That's so, so totally I, different. Uh, oh, it's a completely different. Yeah. It's a completely different ball game. Well, and I am like career wise, I'm a physical therapist. I'm a yes. pediatric physical therapist. And so I do like, you know, injuries and, and stuff for a living. So when Luke wanted to play football, I was like, mm, like mm -hmm. the number one concussive sport and it's high, incidents of spinal cord injuries and teenage boys and my husband actually had his arm like shattered when he played football in high school so neither of us were fans of him playing football and so we literally came up with like 
he had to meet all these goals in order to earn his way into football. And they oh, were crazy. Like, like what? the first one was he had to hit double digits. So age wise, you have to be 10. We've been letting him play before 10. And then he had to hit fitness goals. Like he had to hit a certain amount of weight. He had to be able to do a certain amount of push-ups, sit-ups, dips, like bench press. Like we were so crazy. And then he had to hit academic goals. And then he had to like, he was taking piano at the time. So we had to like do, like we made it so hard. Where you're like, was, he's never we going like, to get this. Surely he's going to just get frustrated and just say forget it and he didn't and so by the time we like ran out of things to make him do by the time he got in there but I'll tell you he was the least complaining kid ever in mm -hmm. that sport because he had worked so hard like for the privilege to play mm -hmm. that he was absolutely and he was ginormous like he was now he's still a big guy on the field but he's not shockingly big like when he started playing like in fifth and sixth grade like he was like a foot and a half taller than everybody else on the field and so it's much less nerve wracking when your kid's the biggest kid on the field than when they're the small one. So we were kind of eased in because he was like the giant of the field, even up through like freshman year. I mean, and even still now he's one of the bigger kids out there and we play like in a six, a, yeah, like, we do. Play big. yeah and we're so, little over here. Yeah, I know. And so they're giant. These are kids that are going like D one and that they make like documentaries about. I'm like, Oh good. please. I don't know them. what D one means either. So. D1's like the big universities, like A and M, okay. UT, but yeah, like, fancy. That's yeah, it's fine. hardcore. It's fancy. fancy. <laughs> you'll know that when you, one you'll day. know that when you get closer to high school. I mean, I'm probably like I've heard that stuff, but I'm like, ah, I don't care. <laughs> I don't know, and I don't need to know right now, so that's fine. It's super nerve wracking over. Yeah, so we're chasing sports around <clears throat> and kids stuff around right now, and then like I said, I work uh, during the week. I work part time as a pediatric physical therapist, and so I have the privilege of serving children with special needs and their families. Um, I primarily see right now my caseload's mostly like infants and toddlers, mm. um, which is awesome. I love my little sweet babies and their mamas and their families. Um, and so I do that during the week. And then I also am the director of women's ministry for our church. And then I do like speaking at events and uh, writing and, and stuff like that. So we're, we're kind of busy a little bit yeah, around here. How did you get into physical therapy? I was in college. I actually was pre-med originally. Um, she's smart <laughs> too. <laughs> she's fancy and she's smart and she wears stilettos. <laughs> and I wear stilettos. <laughs> and I, so yeah, you know, it's all the thing. I was uh, the girl that did everything I could to not go to school any longer. Were you really? Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. I had this conversation with Brayden the other day because he might've been in the back seat <laughs> saying, mom, um, I just read the chapter or the paragraph instead of, you know, that they're talking about and just, you know, answer that way instead of taking the time to read the whole book. And of course I'm going, it's really not the way you should do it. But I'm like, <laughs> yep, I did that too, Brayden. Don't do it. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try and figure it out. I might've cheated off of my brother. Cause if I could be in my brother's class, I was like, please put me in Micah's class. Cause <laughs> let me sit next to him in chemistry. That's awesome. Yes, world. That it was that, me in high school. Yes. Well, yeah. Chemistry is one of my minors from college. I'm like very much a science girl. I majored in biology and minored oh. in chemistry and Spanish. Because um, I think if you're going to do healthcare in Texas, like, yeah, that is, you got to speak Spanish. And my mom is, I'm first generation American. My mom's an immigrant and she speaks five languages. So oh my goodness. she was like, if I can do five, you can do two, sister. Come on. So, what does she like, speak? She speaks, so she's Armenian. And so she speaks Armenian, Arabic, Turkish, uh, Spanish, 
English, and then her grandmother was a French teacher, so she grew up uh, speaking French Ooh. as well. Goodness. Yes, and then she can kind of fake her way through Portuguese and Italian because if you speak Spanish, you can. Like, I can fake my way through those a little bit. I sound like a toddler speaking them, but I could get my point across <laughs> <laughs> if I had to. So, yeah, so I was in school. I was pre-med, and I, I don't know. I got into organic chemistry with, like, mm, where I started going, I don't know <laughs> if I want to take the MCAT and all this kind of stuff. And my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, I was trying to convince him to go to PT school because he's very, like, sports-oriented and, and active, and he was a – a personal trainer all through college and so he went and spoke to the advisor and came back and was like I really think this is your thing he goes I think you need to look into this because it sounds like something you would want to do and so I started volunteering and doing like observation time and trying to figure out if that's what I wanted and I went to a rehab center that had a pediatric program in aquatics and just completely was mm. like yeah this is my jam like they I just was so in love with those kids and fascinated by like everything about rehab for children that I was like okay so switched over my minor and then of course I had to like double up like prerequisite requirements um because I got into PT school in the early 90s when everybody in America wanted to be a physical therapist okay and so um it was super nerve-wracking because most people had been like working as techs or volunteering for like three years and I was like skidding in with barely enough like observation hours for any of the applications because I had changed like my last year in college, but it worked out. It was really cool. So I went to PT school at uh, Texas Women's University Houston campus, which was incredible because Houston has such a neat like yeah. medical center in Texas right. children there and Herman kids and all that. So um, I got to see some really cool stuff, which was fun. And I was like always everybody's favorite student because I translated all their home programs. <laughs> so I was like, please let me come be in your department and I'll write everything in Spanish for you because this is like pre-Google and yeah, you know, pretty all that kind of stuff. Right. When we had to really do ex go a little extra. We did. We had to go the extra mile and you had to like actually <laughs> go to the library and then like Xerox it. Uh-huh. Xerox. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Has anyone There's... used that word like in your No, I was like, you just said Xerox. Okay. I used it as a verb. <laughs> and now you're talking about verbs, nouns. I was like, don't just start doing that stuff, people. Okay, I'm Oh, no. Someone said that to me. That, was that you? I don't know who said that something about. I use pie as a noun, I guess. I don't know. I was like, ah. <laughs> don't do that. I don't want to have to think about that kind of stuff. We can't think about that kind of stuff. No. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> okay, so did you do it full-time for a long time, or what made you go to part-time? Yes, yeah, so I have, um, throughout the years, been full-time, um, yeah, for most of my life, I've always worked full-time. And so going part-time was after we had our third baby. It was like, okay, this is a lot of crazy. And so I dropped down to like a little bit less full-time. Um, and then this year, actually, I'm going to – I'm only seeing patients two days a week, which for me is the least I've ever seen them before. I'm super excited. It's been a goal of mine for like four or five years to mm -hmm. get to that space um, to where – because the kids, you know, when they're little – you're like, oh, I need to take up all this time when they're an infant and because they need me. And they do. But I will tell you, when they start getting up in like, the middle and high school years is really when I'm like, no, they, they need, need you. you. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would say almost more than when they're an infant because once they're not, like, attached to you and don't need you for, like, actual nutrition, when they're little like that, like, it's great to have you around. But someone else can hold them. Right. And it's, you know, but it takes so much more um, 
like mental power. Like you have to be so present and you have to build that culture of being so incredibly present in their lives. You know, it's that whole, what's that little saying about, you know, always listen when your kids tell you the little stuff, if you want yes. them to tell you the big stuff, because to them it was always big. And that's so incredibly true. Like if you're not a normal part of their everyday conversation and landscape, they're not going to come tell you and their friends too. Like if you're not ensconced in their lives, like in every part of it towards normal for you to say, Hey, so, you know, how's this cute girl you're talking to? Yep. If it's a weird question from you, they won't answer you. And yep. so it's a lot of time. And Greg, uh, my husband travels for his job too. So one of us has to be able to be available and, and be present and be there for all the stuff. And, um, just with wanting to do some more, speaking and, and ministry type stuff and, and writing, it was like, okay, we got to get my schedule down to where this is going to be a possibility. Cause I really feel like God has, God has been on me for a while to do this. And when we don't move according to his plans, he tends to, to get out a little something and give us a whack. And so I was like, I don't really feel like getting popped in the, in the head by God this year. So I think I'm going <laughs> to move forward a little faster. <laughs> I think I'm going to do a little better listening than uh, I have perhaps in the past. So that was a, a lot of that motivation there too. And I do home health now, which is great because I can kind of flex my schedule around easier than if I were in a clinic or at a school or something. So what does it look like to be a women's ministry leader? So I know it looks different for a lot of people. Yeah. And for a lot of years, I was super hesitant to do it because I had in my head like that stereotypical like – you have to have been part of a moths group. You have to be able to do like ladies Bible study every Monday from nine to 12. You have to like want to go shopping and be good at crafts. And I will tell you that none of those things pop on my resume at all because I <laughs> have always been a working mom. So I've never been able to do like daytime play dates or mops or, or Bible studies in that kind of manner. And I am literally the least talented crafter that you could ever come across. Like I'm so bad at it. It's not even funny. Um, and I don't like shopping or antiquing. I'm not even a hundred percent sure what antiquing is, but it sounds like something I wouldn't like. So I don't know how to it do it. Really, I can make it fun. Okay. I, you would be fun. I'm I think pretty we sure we would have a lot of fun if we went shopping and crafting and antiquing. <laughs> I can make it fun for you. I'm so not talented at any of those things. And so for a long, and then like any time, cause our church had asked me several times to do it. And I was like, I can't, I was like, I'm a biology major. Like I don't have a theology degree. I Love haven't that. done every best more study on the face of the earth. Like I don't have the right tools. And finally one day my mom looked at me cause we were talking about something and I was like, I just like, I have a biology degree. And she goes, you're going to have to get over that. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, you're going to have to get over that because <clears throat> this was probably, I don't know six years ago, six or seven years ago. And she said, you have been doing women's ministry for 14 years. Like the fact that you go and you spend the majority of your time with mommies of babies who are sick or having, you know, disabilities or challenges above other people. And she was like, and you love them and you cry with them and you pray with them. And they call you. She was like, you do already do women's ministry. So basically get over yourself and step up and figure it out. And so, you know, go when mom. Talk you say, yes, ma'am, mm -hmm. especially when she has an accent because it's more impactful. Yes. And so I said, okay. And so I did, I took a poll actually of our church and I was like, what do you, what do y'all want to see? Like the women right. of our church, what do you want? Um, and across the board, they were like, we want a place where we can go and find complete authenticity and is the safe place for us and engages us in a way that's like real to our lives. And I was like, 
none of them said crafting. <laughs> none of them, you know, and so our very first women's event was actually a day on the river, on the Guadalupe River, where we like hung out and like ate barbecue and, and rode tubes up and down the rapids and just, you know, it was like in my head, the least stereotypical women's event ever. Um, and I just started like writing messages and writing material and started kind of doing a little bit of that. And it just has grown from there. And so for me, I think what we have to look at women's ministry as it's less about getting women to come like quote, serve in women's and be part of women's ministry and more about energizing them and equipping them to go out and like do what it is they're supposed to do that God has called them to do. Like, I think that my job as women's minister is to set up like fellowship and opportunities to connect with other women and learn and yes, do Bible studies and yes, come to some events. And yes, if somebody wants to do a craft night, set that up, but in a way that gives women energy because mm -hmm. we're all so exhausted and we're all so overwhelmed and you have to go somewhere where it like fills your tank enough to where you can go out and do whatever it is that is your thing you're supposed to be amazing at. Right. Yes. Does that make sense? Did I answer your question? Yeah, totally. You rocked it. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> you get an A plus. Oh, thank goodness. I no, love it. I, I agree with you totally. <laughs> I've, I get stuck on that. Like you said, theology i haven't done enough beth moore studies i don't know all the things but it's it's really not about us it's just god whacking you on the side of the head this time he used your mother yeah <laughs> and you listened and creating the space and and god gives you exactly what you need to say absolutely and so absolutely. um way to go i think tubing down the river <laughs> Like <laughs> I'm like, wow, I'm going to present that to church tonight. <laughs> we do. Oh, see, Matt's part of <laughs> leaders of church. He gave us a thumbs up. Sweet. It's so good. We have a place on the Guadalupe, so we're like river oh, people. wait, like, you have a place rapids. we can go stay? Okay, great. Yeah, come on. Come on down. We got four acres on the Guadalupe River right below the rapids, and yeah, and we Even just go. Better. We, uh, and it actually turned into an annual event. It's, it's one that we kind of kick off in August and it's called bait your hook like a girl. Um, and it's <laughs> Sorry. almost like a, is it the best? <laughs> it is. Cause I don't bait hooks. Well, and a lot of the new women will be like, do we have to bait our own? Do I really like, have oh, to put a worm on the hook. No, it, we're not fishing. If you want to fish, you can come down. Okay. And fish, I was like, like, wait, we have to fish. Yeah. What's the bait? It's kind of a play on that whole fishers of men concept, mm -hmm. but for girls. And we just go down there and anytime we do a big women's event, the youth girls are invited to. So That's we have perfect. a huge event we do at Christmas and then this big event that we do in August. And any girl from middle school up that's in youth is invited because these are uh, teenage girls are very near and dear to my heart. They're the women of tomorrow yeah. and they're the church yes. of today. And I think we need to include them. I grew up super old world. So everything I did was multi-generational. And I think Americans tend to segregate our generations more than other nations. And I think it's to our detriment. And so we work really hard at kind of incorporating all ages because there's something to be learned from all of us. Yeah. Um, and they need to see their moms doing events and they need to see their moms. Tubing down the river. And tubing down the river. It's really, really funny. And <laughs> there are times where there are some close calls, but we have had a remarkably <laughs> low level of falls. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's really funny because you've got the tubers all coming down the river, too. So we're all, like, high-fiving tubers as they go by. It's so fun. Praise Jesus. Yeah. Here we go. 
That's awesome. (laughs) That's so great. You should tell us when yours is and we'll just plan it that we're all floating down the river at the same time. You should come. I'll bring pie. Uh, okay that's uh, I love it okay um so don't you also what else do you do though you have a bible study I want to hear more about your bible study that you do with the girls yes and they were just here last night actually so I about five years ago um started a group for our high school girls it's called skillet sundays and I got um I did not want to do it this is one of those things where God's really like you need to do this and I did Mm -hmm. not want to I was like I don't really want to do something with teenage girls because, um, I say this with all love, but they're, they're a little crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're, um, an interesting batch and today's teenagers have so much more going on. Like they're so much more exposed to like adult concepts and adult information. And this just down to the fact that they like know everything going on in the news. Like we Um, just did were their age. Yeah. One of my best friend's daughters, um, she committed suicide this past week and then just even walking through um things with the pie haven girls and no they're not teenagers but they're not far behind and the things that they see the things that they're doing you know and so i think the the skillet sunday is a little spectacular well we were we were at a time where we were in between youth ministers at our church. And so we were we were looking for a youth pastor and the youth program had kind of lagged a little bit. And we had this really great guy who was a volunteer. He was the, the sweetest thing on earth and had this heart for youth and came in. But he was very much like a dude dude and had two young boys. And so everything he did was like super like guy, like, you know, belching contests and all sports analogies and all. And we just were losing the girls. Like they were like not connecting at all. They had stopped going to camp. They had stopped showing up to stuff, and they we just we were losing our girls. And through a, a very odd series of events, um, I ended up getting this idea, and having God really punch me in the face that look, you're you're doing women's ministry. These are women, mm-hmm. and they don't have somewhere else to go right now. And just because yep. their youth doesn't preclude them from being women, this is also about the time that our oldest son hit middle school, and. If you ever want to see the full craziness of middle school and high school girls, raise middle school and high school sons, because you get to see the flip side of that. And we had some interesting things go on there to where I was just like, oh, my, oh, my gosh, like, you've got to be kidding me. And so I was like, all right, we got to get in here. It is unfair for these girls not to have somewhere to go. It is unfair for us to to not give them an opportunity to plug in and grow. And selfishly, as a mama bear, I'm like, look, this is the generation of girls that yep. can marry my sons. Uh, I'm going to teach them to not be crazy. So let's get in there and let's see what we can do. <laughs> I'm telling you. you I don't want to say what I'm thinking on the podcast because in case that person might be listening. But let's just say. And I don't know if you need to edit that statement out. because people oh, are gonna be- No, I'll just say it real quick. So I say it not until Matt edit this, but. I get it because Braden's girlfriend and no longer is his girlfriend. I was like, wait, um, you're going to marry you. I mean, y'all been dating for three years. And I was like, uh-huh. I just don't like what you're growing into, you know, growing up to be. And I, I don't want you with my son because you do not respect him. No. So no, no. <laughs> they don't. And they don't respect themselves. Like it's a whole thing. Yeah. And so uh, the idea for Skillet Sunday was born. And so for me growing up, my grandmother lived with, lived with us our whole, my whole life. 
And so I always had like my mom and my grandmother in the home and one every single major decision in my life, every single major like heartache that I got over or, or growth period or whatever was talked about and almost come to the conclusion of how I was going to handle that part of my life around the kitchen table with my mom and grandmother, like cooking, making ethnic food, making Armenian food, which ethnic foods take a really long time to make. So you can mm. do a whole lot of decisioning, like while you're making baklava, right? So every single thing we did Ooh, was... I think that would be such an interesting it's amazing. Bible study almost to create like, well... That's a sidestep. Sorry. But I wanted to do like a Bible study where you, you cook food together and somehow you pull a study out of the cooking together. Then you go eat the meal together and then you talk about what you learned through the Bible study. Cause I always can relate pie to yes. some kind of Bible study. So I, so then I like how you're doing just, that with, it just takes even yeah, longer you just to talk about what, uh, what skill Sunday is. That's what mm -hmm. we do. So they okay. come to my house twice a month on Sunday evenings and I teach them how to cook. And we get in the kitchen and we do everything from don't forget to wash everything before you make it to what kind of knives you use to what is what does Julianne mean and how do you make a, something all the way from scratch or how do you cheat oh, your way through if you're busy or I love this. Uh, what do you do in a pinch or, and what does it mean we learned the hard way that sugar is considered a wet ingredient so when you're making cookies you have to do that as a wet ingredient it's not dry and so just all those don't kind use of things. salt instead don't of sugar salt. you have to double a meal how are you going to calculate i that? love it Plus rick and i've wanted to do things because like kids i was like they don't even know how to boil water no they don't and, and like, easy meals that they could cook and with yes. my mom is away like we've talked yeah. about that and i get hung up on oh you just get hung up on stuff because it's not perfect or whatever and i'm like just start for crying out loud and that's what I did. I just jumped. I had no idea when this started. I was like, I don't know if anyone's going to come. Yeah, that. I, they're going to like this idea. I don't know if it's going to last. I may only get two girls ever to show up. And so when and I that's started, perfect. With all youth girls, um, and we got started. And there were some times, especially that first year, that there would be like two that came. And there, and we had a super teeny weeny church then too. And so sometimes there would be six, and sometimes we, you know, whatever. And this is year five, and we have gotten. The program has gotten so big that we have had to split it into three locations. The sixth graders do their own, the seventh and eighth graders do their own, and then the high schoolers come to me. And um, I can't even tell you the growth and the amazing things that have, that have happened from this. It's, it's the thing I was the most reluctant to start. And I have to say in my life, if it's not the most, it's in the top two most fruitful things I do. And um, my sons love that I do it. My daughter can't wait till she gets to come to skillet. The girls, it's like a rite of passage, you know, coming up through youth. And, and I'll tell you, it's not easy. It is not easy to do stuff with teenagers. It is not easy to do stuff with teen girls. It is uncomfortable and it is heartbreaking and it is inspiring and it is uplifting. And we have some super heavy discussions and some super silly discussions. And we have, um, all these inside jokes last year, the group of seniors that graduated, were the girls who were seventh graders when I started it, who I basically mm -hmm. started with their faces in mind. And five of them graduated last year and I was a disaster. Like I couldn't even, because it was like the original babies, you know, that came through and they come back and they visit from college. One of them is actually on the gap world race right now. She's in Ethiopia doing missions work. And, uh, you know, one of the girls came to me and was like, I really want to be a physical therapist. She does like missions on the side. And I was like, well, <laughs> Oh my gosh. And they just, they teach me a ton. And I'll tell you in a town like New Braunfels, that's such a close knit community. 
people know about it. They know that I do this. They call me and I tell the girls, I'm like, here's the deal. If you are doing something stupid, you will get caught because everybody will call me. People call me about teenage girls that aren't even in Spillet. And they're like, do you want to handle this? And I'm like, I don't even know that person. Why would I call <laughs> and say that? But I'm like, if you do something, if you post something, somebody will tell me. Mm-hmm. And I will find out about it. And Skillet's very much their, their safe place. By the time they get to high school, um, you know, I've had some newer moms come in and they're like, oh, well, can moms volunteer? Can we rotate in? And the answer is absolutely no. 100%. It is um, safe myself place. and these girls. Mm-hmm. It is their safe place. If they, I do not, what happens at Skillet stays at Skillet is kind of our thing. Um, if you are doing something that is is dangerous and is truly going to hurt you, then we're going to have a talk about calling parents. Um, otherwise, I'm not going to call your mama. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell her what you said or, or what you're struggling with right now. And they've turned into such this great accountability group for each other. Every, uh, every time we meet, they get a new text partner and they text that person all week, um, either encouragement or how are you doing, or if they want a script or not or whatever. And so every year we have like a verse of the year. That's our theme. Um, and I write their curriculum right now. Um, and so they just, I don't know, they just, they, they give me hope for the next generation and they fill my heart and they're fun. They're fun girls and they're so smart and interesting and they have really cool insights. So it keeps me young ish. Yeah. I love it. Now you're, you're inspiring me. So like, I'm going <laughs> to quit talking about that thing I want to do. It's pretty cool girl. It's yeah. And they're holding my feet to the fire. They, um, this is the year that I have said out loud that I'm going to, um, get my, my first book on the ground and mm-hmm. they are like, they are all about it. Cause it's going to be very much based on skillet and, and on them. And so they're like, you know, all about write our book and get it out there. <laughs> yeah. That's so exciting. It's yes. It's terrifying, but it's exciting. Oh, well, I can relate to that one. I so, know, um, you're coming out soon. I'm so excited. Friend. I can't wait. Yeah. Me, <laughs> me either. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. So, um, have you, how do you, how are you going to pursue this whole book thing? Do you have a step, your next step? I'm so clueless. And I, um, I listened to a couple of your podcasts and your friend that was on here. That's like, I love writing book proposals and tell people to call me. I was like, I'm going to need her information. <laughs> is that big? Oh wait, she hasn't. Oh, I know who it is. Yes. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm going to need to visit with you about that later. Um, yeah. I actually have just flat out started writing it and I know that may not be the best I don't know, just for me. No, that's great. Putting it together. And the girls have all kinds of ideas. Sorry about they're that. Like, oh my gosh, you've got to, and she, they're like, Rebecca, put in our favorite recipes and, and, you know, add, we use garlic, salt, and lemon pepper on everything because I cook like Mediterranean style. And they're like, so you, you use garlic to- and lemon pepper on everything? Garlic, salt, lemon pepper, like on everything. Oh my everything. gosh, that's all we use on everything like at the cafe. Favorite. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They love it. And so they're like, you have to put recipes in there and make sure they have to add that to every recipe in there. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Um, and I'm just going to write kind of how it started and what we've done and then probably put like a couple of the curriculums in there just for anybody that wanted to start this. Like, cause that's the part I think that intimidates a lot of people is what do we teach them? Sure. For me, that's the easy part. Cause I like to produce content and write, you know, messages. See, that's the part that like gives me anxiety. But today I was like, as I was um, walking, I was like, write about this. And I'm like, okay, the thing is that I have to sit still. Like yes. once I sit still, the words will start coming. It's the sitting Absolutely. still part. And so much of it's just facilitating like a girl's like a lot of times we'll get done and they'll leave and I'll be like, I did not see that going that way at all. Yeah. Like if they take it, 
and make it their own, which is incredible. Sure. Well, uh, that's how you learn other things from each other. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) They're, they're pretty amazing. That's so great. Okay. Well, I'm all about helping you, whatever you need to know about that whole book thingy. I will be calling you you on, (laughs) (laughs) but I say start. Yeah, once I said it out loud, they're all like, okay, we're going to be checking in on you, which I knew would happen, but that's probably why I made myself. We were talking last skillet about, um, we're doing a lot of thing, the theme of courageous, like what it means to be courageous and what it does. And, and so I challenged them, like by the time they saw me again, um, they had to do one thing that scares them and one thing that makes them happy. And then they also had to pick one thing for the year, like that truly scares you what are you going to do this year that, that is something that scares you and that you have to find a lot of courage to do. And so turnabouts fair play. They're like, you have to tell us yours. So mine was the get a book on the ground. It is, it's, it is scary. Especially when you put a, when there's a deadline, that's the, that part. (sighs) I mean, I'm only scary thing. I think I'm doing this week is that I said I would give up Coke zero. So, Oh, how's that going? It's I made it all day yesterday. (laughs) Good for you. One day down. (laughs) I mean, I started yesterday and I made it a whole day. And the only reason I was like, I said it on the podcast last week. And so I, I was like, well, that is going to come out soon. And so they're going to be like, how's that fasting of Coke Zero going? I was like, <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's good. I even did a bullet journal this morning and started writing down the three things so far that I'm fasting from and marked oh. on the days when I f- craved or caved craved caved but it's more of when I caved and why yeah. I caved and what was the trigger that's Anyways. a really good way to do coke that. zero that's just because I want to yeah. go get a sauna crushed ice coke zero yeah. and I drink it all day long <laughs> the other things I, we're all about triggers yeah so even um so Brayden had um <laughs> A really sad Wednesday because two of his best buddies on his baseball team went to another um, select team. Oh, that's hard. Yes. And so at one point he came home and he went straight to his room and Clarissa was like, where is Brayden? And I was like, I don't know. And so she went in there and then Aubrey, her daughter comes running in. Tara, Brayden is sobbing. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I go in there like his bed is soaking wet from sobbing and he, I was like oh my gosh I'm so sorry babe and and it was because of his friends you know and um I was like you want to go get an ice cream I was like oh my god I'm setting myself up for failure and I was like and I'm giving in and I'm doing it you know because I was and then I go just so you know B ice cream doesn't fix it okay it just is comfort <laughs> like let's go get an ice cream it's not gonna solve anything okay it's just gonna make it worse i know yeah anyways we all do and it's so hard isn't it because it's like the older they get the more especially in the teenage years they're so affected by other people's decisions Mm -hmm. and other teenagers decisions which it's like a bunch of toddlers with hormones and cars running around and it's so infuriating because this is the place where you're supposed to like let them sit back and solve their own problems and do, and you're like but but it's but it's when other people can hurt them and I don't have any control or um I can't shield them as much right and so yeah and I, and social media is just that that yeah. is straight from the devil I really would not be sad if a solo flare came and wiped all that technology off the face of the earth 
I'm so dramatic. <laughs> I want a solar flare. <laughs> I, I mean, I get that part of it too. And then I love it too. So yes, you know, there's a give and take with all of it, but like Xerox. And then the other day I was telling my kids about something and I was like, you have no idea what this is. I was like, this is called an encyclopedia. Yes. <laughs> this is called a dictionary. This is back when you had to look. It's so This funny. is when you got excited. I can't wait to go to the library to look something up is what we were talking about yesterday. Not that I really ran to the library to look anything up, but like that was the only way to go figure yes. it out. Do you remember Microfish? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But, and I don't think, and I barely use microfish. Like I see, think microfish and then I start thinking of silverfish. So I was like, squirrel, ew, gross. Oh, yeah. oh, which then <laughs> takes the scorpions and we just, yeah. nobody needs. So that's where my rabbit hole head goes. Satan right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was talking to someone the other day. I was like, do you remember how we wouldn't know anything about anybody's life unless we got a wedding invitation in the mail? Yes. Or a save the date. Or yes. someone was having a baby, we found out because they picked up the phone and called us. Or oh, we yeah. got a baby shower invitation or saw them at church. Like, that was it. Oh, yeah. Ugh. It was so different. It's so different. When I moved to Houston, I moved from West Texas, not very big town, San Angelo, Texas, to Houston, you know, with 8 million people. When did you move to Houston? When, grad school. So when I graduated from college. What uh, year so was, was that? I'm going to age you. Oh, you're going to age me. Are you seriously? Uh, 93, 1993. You moved to Houston mm -hmm. and were in grad school? Mm -hmm. No, I was not, actually. I just lied to you. Okay. I moved to Houston in 1997. Okay. Yes. That's a little, because I was like, wow, okay. No, well, 93, graduated high school. Sorry. I graduated in 94. Oh, there you go. So we're, yeah. we're right there with each yeah. other but I moved there and this is pre like Google Maps pre everything and I had no sense of direction and had never lived in a city that large mm. I just drove around like <laughs> I just drove around 610 for like hours well fortunately there were a lot less roads for you to get lost on in Houston now I, you oh would be God. like spaghetti bowl oh spaghetti it was ridiculous I mean trying to get when I would drive back to San Angelo like I would just be like it took me two hours to get out of the medical center because I could never find where I was going yeah. and there was no cell phones or mapping there's none of that no no yeah. there's a map <laughs> hold oh, on one read. second yeah <laughs> in my little like Ford Tempo with no cruise control five speed standard yeah no it was <laughs> I was like, these days we would get in trouble. Like a long time ago, they never gave you tickets for looking at a map while you were driving. No. <laughs> now they, they give didn't. you tickets, you know, if you're texting or on your phone. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, we would have thought it was so weird. Like I, when we were in school, I remember when people first started getting like pagers and we all made fun of them because we were like, what? Unless you were a doctor or drug dealer, you do not need that. Why are you having a pager? And now everybody's like. And then and like, what's a pager? Yeah, if you tried to like, like track someone down like they do now, like where you check in, I mean, you were a stalker and mm -hmm. everybody was like, okay, easy. Like, you don't have to know where I am all the time. And now everybody's like, ping, 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 check in, check in. Yes, that's like, it's so rude if you leave someone on red, which for a long time I thought meant the color, but it's red your message. It's not the color. <laughs> and I think that's such another thing. That's such another thing. Um, just how everyone's, you're, always checking in you're always scrolling you're always looking but you're never you know you don't stop to process or read and I think that's why it's 
hard for kids, teenagers, anybody to sit down and read a book, sit down and read in the word and yeah. to be still because they don't stop to process anything because they're always no. scrolling. Yeah, no, not at all. They always are. They yeah. somebody was telling me, was it my husband was telling me they were they're talking about all their marketing at his national sales meeting mm. and Disney is about to change their entire like the way that their theme parks are lined up because this new generation won't stand in line for rides. Like they don't have any patience. So they're going to have to rethink Disney. Like, hello, it's Disney, but at the parks, they're going to change all their waiting queues to where you don't actually ever wait in line because people won't wait in line for rides anymore. Like this generation's like, no, we can't handle it. If I'm not on there in 20 and then seconds, I want to be like, but what if you didn't change it? And they had to do that. I'm like, that's my thing. Like don't will. keep giving in and enabling them. Don't quit I giving know. them what they want. I know it's crazy. Oh my goodness. It's crazy. That's horrible. Okay. So tell me, cause otherwise we'll keep talking. Um, <laughs> like I know that you love to gather people. Yes. Um, what can you share though? A time with me in your life where, um, you're in the trenches and you're like, where the heck is God? And I feel left alone. It was so hard and you've come out and you're on the other side. Just if there was something you could tell everyone to encourage them that for those women or girls that are stuck. That are stuck. Yeah, for sure. So like where I wasn't, I didn't have people to gather or where I was in a space where I just didn't have the energy to be involved in that. Yeah. Or just, um, where you were, you just thought it was so hard and on top of, a, you were on top of where you were in the heart and you got on top of the mountain. We're like, whew, I made it. I got out. I did it. Is there a time in your life where you can um, point to women where it was so hard in your life? Even like last, last year, if, was there oh, something yeah. last year that you're like, last night, last year stunk? No, last year stunk. And I, yeah, I never, ever, ever want to do a year like 2019 over again. Um, so I would say, yeah, for sure. That one's fresh on my mind. So we, um, at the end of 2018, um, our oldest son, uh, mysteriously and suddenly came down with uh, viral meningitis, which is a, is quite terrifying actually. Um, and makes, uh, very, 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 very sick. Mm. Um, and so it was, it was not bacterial, which is the one that you get the shot for. And it's the more dangerous of the two, but, uh, he got viral meningitis. No one knows how, no one knows what virus uh, kicked it off. Um, but the thing is that even when you come out, so we were scared to death, of course, um, and it's an incredible amount of pain and, um, just a lot of emergency going on. And then you are under the care of a neurologist for about six months after that. Mm. Um, but the hard thing is that people don't tell you is anytime you have brain stuff, anytime you have neural, uh, something that attacks your nervous system or especially gets in there and swells your brain, you're looking at a good year and a half of recovery wow. afterwards. And um, it was a, it's been an incredibly hard year. Um, we basically... I'm trying to think of how to even put it into words because I don't even know. There's just no way to describe like as a, as a parent and as a mother, like sitting in a space of like sustained terror is the phrase that comes to mind. And it sounds dramatic, but it's not, I would say sustained terror uh, is how I lived in 2019. Hmm. And you're, you're watching your your child, your door, your baby go through this thing and 
you don't know if it's going to be okay. And you don't know if you're ever going to get them back. I mean, for a good year there, we were like, I don't know who this is. Like I lost my kid. I, I don't know where he went. He's personality was different. His, um, tendencies were different. You know, he lost a ton of weight. So physically he looked different, but even once he started kind of coming back from the physical part, it's the invisible part that nobody knows about. And he's a, he's a teenage boy, right? He's in like football and doing all these things that he doesn't want to quit doing. And his capacity was just completely changed. And he didn't know if he was ever going to come back or be the same again. And he's, he's a dude, right? He's a kid. So he doesn't want to talk about it. He didn't want us to share about it. It wasn't something that I was going to be telling a lot of people outside our like inner circle about, and not because in any way I didn't want people to know we were struggling, but out of respect for Luke, like it's his story. It's not my story. It's his. And, um, he someday I think is going to have an incredible story to share when he's ready to fully talk about it. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean that one day Greg and I were sitting there and he just looked at me and he said, I can't tell you how much I hate this season. He's like, there's not a single thing about this season that I like. I hate it so much. And I was like, yeah, I'm right there with you, dude, because this you're watching this kid in front of you. And I was like, I don't know where he went. And I was so angry because I was like, and the kid I got in substitution, I don't like as much as my other kid. Like I want my other kid back. I don't like this kid. I don't like this person. He's stressing me out. And uh, it was incredibly stressful for like our other two children. Mm -hmm. um, my boys are really, really close. And so Drew was having a super hard time because it scared, scared him to pieces. And so he was having to deal with that. And then, you know, the little one knowing something was going on, but not a hundred percent knowing. And she like worships her older brother. And so just trying to navigate our way through that. And all I wanted to do was like crawl into a hole and do, do nothing, but like cry or scream or beg. I did a lot of begging, uh, a lot of praying, a lot of begging at an intensity that I have not done before in my life. Um, because you're just not ready for something like that ever. And it, we're going on our year and a half mark. Uh, and I will, I will tell you that he is even in just, I would say the last month he walks out and we're like, okay, there he is. He's back. There he is. Oh, like literally every day when he leaves, like Greg will come out and look at me and he'll be like, so Luke seemed like he was in a good mood today. And that was just something we would have mm -hmm. never a year and a half ago, even like bothered to comment on. Cause he was, he's a super laid back kid. He's high energy. He's high achiever personality. And to watch that all just like go away to where you don't know if it's coming back. Um, and just, you know, some, like I said, his personality changed a lot and some poor social choices and impulse stuff that then impacts from there that you still have to discipline and you still have to protect him through. Um, I don't wish that on anybody. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I don't wish that on anybody. And you just kind of at the end just run out of gas. Like mm -hmm. you're just like, I can't, I literally don't think I can do this anymore. And I, I don't want to do anything else. I had a, a talk with God one day last summer and I literally sat down and I was like, so here's the deal. And this is going to, for anybody who, who thinks that I have it together, you will no longer think that after the statement, but I literally sat there and, and spoke to God and said, you know what? I'm done. I'm just, I'm going to be done now. So I'm still going to believe in you and I'm still going to pray, but this, like the ministry movement and the, and the writing and the speaking and that I just, I'm going to go ahead and be done here because I just, I am not one of your brave soldiers. Like I'm watching the people around you and I'm watching the things that happen to so many of the women 
who get out there and put themselves out there for you. And, you know, look at like Lisa Turker's last two years. Oh my gosh. And some of the stuff that happened, like when, you know, with Jen Hatmaker and look at what Beth's going Mm -hmm. through now and and all these things. And I'm like, and it just kind of seems like they just keep getting punched in the face and beaten. And I am not judging, even though I don't like this, but I'm going to tell you, I'm not strong enough to do this. So this isn't even a, if you heal my son, I'll write a book. This is a, I'm not writing a book and I'm not going to speak at any more events and I'm not going to lead women's anymore. I'm going to back on out of all this. And I'm just going to kind of slowly go into my little area where my only prayer is save my baby and, and help us get through this. And that's going to be my wheelhouse from now on. Cause I just, I'm not a warrior for you. I'm not, I'm just not, I'm not one of these. I'm just not, I don't have it. Um, which was incredibly humbling for me <laughs> as somebody who's always been like a go-getter and most people would consider, I think, probably a pretty fearless individual to live in a place of fear. It was very humbling for me to be in that space for a sustained amount of time and not be able to come out of it and to go and to cry uncle at all. Um, and my husband was like, I, I feel like you're going to be really miserable and unfulfilled if you do that. And I was like, well, I don't care because I'm miserable and unfulfilled right now, so I might as well be less tired. Um, and that week, um, I got four different calls to come do events. Um, one of which was literally a women's retreat that had fallen apart and it was six weeks before the retreat and their keynote speaker, um, had backed down on them and they didn't have a speaker. And it was just, and for me, that's a lot of events. I'm not in a space in my life where I'm doing that volume of events, you know, yet I'm kind of on the front end of getting started. And it was almost like God was like, okay, I hear you. And I'm going to give you a day or two to wallow and have your tantrum. And then I'm going to put these opportunities you've been asking me for for years in front of your face Mm -hmm. and do one of these, like, what you going to do now, sister moments. Um, And so I made myself say yes to every single one of those events. And um, I feel like for me, it was a little bit of a turning point because it was almost, you know, you're like, he is not, he's not done with me. And I don't get to be done just because I feel too broken to be useful right now. And I feel like I'm in a space where I don't have it in me to do this. Um, And we have slowly been climbing out of that pit. And we've slowly been, you know, watching Luke come back and watching our our family come back and bounce back from this. And and just to continue to do the work. I mean, we had, you know, like I said, the girls were here for Skillet last night. and And we had some really heavy conversations with them. And they walked out of here. And I was just like if we don't put this space here, they don't have it anymore. And it's, it's not just about us. And I think with all my rambling, that's for me, what I have learned at a whole new level is it is more than just my story. Mm -hmm. And it is, you know, God's plan does not depend on me. Mm -hmm. It is not going to go well because I'm a superstar. (laughs) It's going to go well because he's God and it's not going to be derailed because I can't handle it because I am a piece of his plan. I'm not his whole plan. And, um, whether I like the pain I'm in or not, whether I like the season I'm in or not, as long as we're here, we're just supposed to keep going. Our whole job, our whole purpose in this life is to shine with the light of Jesus in a way that a broken world can see it and wants a piece of it. And then just to hand him off, hand them off to him and get out of the way. And if you have enough energy to do that, if you have enough capacity to do that, even for one other person, then you've fulfilled the great commission and you've done exactly what it is he came down here and died on a cross to teach us how to do. And it looks different for all of us. And I think we have to forgive ourselves for the seasons where we don't have the capacity to do it. And it doesn't mean you're done. 
Mm-hmm. It just means you're in a season where you were the one that needed to be held. Yeah. And when you start to walk out of that season, you got to look around and go, okay, all right, I can breathe. Who can I hold? And like I said, even if it's one hand, it's a hand to that person. It's going to make an incredible difference. And it's where, it's where he put us and the world needs us in this world of negativity and judgment and so much fear and anger and competition. The world needs those of us that are going to stand up and be like, I am back. I got a new scar. (laughs) I got a few more pounds on me or another gray hair or a, or another wrinkle or whatever it is, but I'm back. I'm back. And let's go. I think it just, I think it's why he made us as resilient as he did, even when we don't know we are, Mm. if that makes sense. All of it makes sense. It's all so good. That was a a loaded question, huh? (laughs) It was, and it was a bad one. Because you're like, wait, what do you mean? And then, uh, (laughs) I knew you had it in you. (laughs) I had no doubt. It's a tough one. It's a tough one, but yeah. I'm not where I, um, I told my husband the other day, I said, I'm not ready to tell God, thank you for that story yet. I can already see why we've had to walk it. And I can already see pieces of, of redemption coming through it in ways that we didn't know would. Um, but the, the mom in me isn't ready to tell him thanks yet. It's going to be mm-hmm. a while. And I I'm writing that a, down. You know. I'm going to save that for another podcast. Yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to tie us up because otherwise, I don't know, we'll be in episode three. Um, I know. It's okay. It's so fine. Like that's exactly (laughs) why I created this space so we can be intentional to sit with each other. Oh, heck yeah. Otherwise we would just say when we having coffee, when we having coffee. Exactly. I know you're a coffee wimp and that's fine, but, um, (laughs) that's fine. You can, you don't have to have coffee. Okay. I just want you to tell everybody one book that you're reading right now and you don't have to go into any, I, I don't know. You just pick one book. One book that I'm reading right now, oh gosh, I am usually reading five or six books at a time. Oh, you're one of those. So okay. I'm not judging you. I'm one of those. No, I let, well, because I like to, like, I read the for fun books and then the personal growth books and okay. then I'm studying for something, but you know, you got to have all that going on. One of my very favorite books that I always am reading portions of again, because I think it's incredible is uh, Tattoos on the Heart by Gregory Boyle. I don't know if you've read that one no. yet. Um, he is the founder of homeboy ministries or homeboy industries in Los Angeles. And, um, he's a, a priest who ended up going out there and, and starting a ministry for gang members in LA. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of, uh, it's just like a collection of his stories and his anecdotes from that. And it will completely, it'll, it'll like radicalize your heart all over again. It's a, it's an incredible book. It's one of my very, 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 very favorites. Awesome. I have never heard about that. I'm going to go it's have a, to check it, it out. Oh, yeah. It, it really is. It, it's just kind of a, like I said, it'll radicalize your heart. It did for me anyway. And then I just finished reading Where the Crawdads Sing, which is like this fiction book everybody's yes. talking about. Mm-hmm. And it may be the best book I've ever read in my entire life. Maybe I'll finish and go beyond chapter one. I'm a horrible. Girl, it's so good. It is <sighs> so amazingly good. I was like shocked at how into it I was. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, you're challenging me to pick up those books. <laughs> I mean, I have books that I'm reading. I just think that I, and I read so many self-helps, like I have to read something besides self-help. That's me. I can't, I, cause I stay in that space for too long and then it makes me either. And then I just stay stuck cause I've taken all the self-help. Look, we'll take the self-help you learned and go yes. do something with it. Quit learning. Go use yeah, it. Exactly. Quit exactly. learning anything else. Just go. 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, friend. I love you. I love chatting with you. Oh, I'm going to tell everyone this right now because nobody knows this, but the gathering at Roundtop is April 3rd. Yeah. And guess who's coming to be a speaker? My friend Rebecca. <laughs> okay, so tickets for that will go on sale really soon in the next couple of weeks. So y'all keep your eyes out. Oh, and That's- well, since you're not really lovely on the social media, where could everybody find more about you? I am trying to be better on social media. Yes. So I, uh, I have a Facebook page. It's Rebecca Grieben and uh, the River Chick blog. Um, and then I do have a website. It's kind of under construction, but I'm working on getting it like running so it looks like a big girl website. Uh, and it's RebeccaGrieben.com. And I'm also on Instagram. Uh, the handle is at Rebecca Grieben. So, yes, I'm doing better about starting to put stuff out there. I'm trying to be It's okay. Just a little. Responsive. That's fine. And you actually could hire someone to do it for you. That's probably going to be what needs to happen. I'm going to t- I'm going to connect you with somebody. That would be lovely because I'm pretty terrible at it. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't do those things that you're terrible at like that. Like if you yeah. don't do it. I think it's I'm a true extrovert. Like I have discovered I haven't taken all the tests because I don't have enough patience to sit down and take them all. But like I think this is why online intimidates me because I am such a in contact people person like that's where my vibe is that's where my energy is and so sitting behind a screen like an online audience just intimidates me because i'm like i can't see you or hear you or so it's i'm having to work okay i'm gonna challenge you um and then i'm hanging up but uh challenge you (laughs) to go start sharing little snippets of skillet on your instagram okay yes i do post their pictures and a tiny thing every time we meet so go find okay now go 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 tell a little story then it'll gotcha. help writing the process and you can have more content to pull from. That's Not that idea. I'm the boss of you, but well, peace out. Love you. Love you so much. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. Okay, bye. Bye.